Welcome back to the Broken Sea Adventure Serial, Jake Sampson Monster Hunter. Tonight we present part three of the Tears of Ra. Last time, our intrepid trio of adventurers headed out into the scorching desert sands of Egypt, stopping at a dig site overseen by Professor Malton and his son Gordon. Terror soon followed as Professor Malton was found dead. That very night, strange Bedouin bandits attacked the dig site. Can our heroes escape the curse of the ancient pharaohs and find the secret of the Tears of Ra? Holy cow, Jake! These fellas are a lot like that dig cure All dried up, but they're moving! We can worry about that later, Tex. Help me crank this starter. Jake! <laughs> Loose! Pump the gas! Press the starter! Nice work, Tex. Now let's get out of here. Take my pistol. You stand on the running board. I'll drive. Y'all shoot. There has to be a source of this curse. Those bandits were withered husks like Professor Malton and the assistant curator back in Cairo. Gordon, you have to tell us what you know. I'm sorry. God forgive us. It's the curse of the tears of Ra. Well, we ain't here, Judge, but it would sure help us to get out of this place with the skins if only you just fess up. My father. My father and Hot. They were both convinced that the greatest treasure of the ancient pharaohs remains hidden under the sands. The tears of Ra? Yes. That cursed star gem. It was a crystal said to have fallen from the heavens most likely a meteorite fragment. Professor Carter told us about it. So Houghton and your father were both seeking it. Obsessively, I'm afraid, Mr. Sampson. My father sought it by starting at the dig site we have just left, seeking any reference or sign that the gold and lapis lazuli setting for the tears were crafted there. And Houghton took a different approach. Yes, he took a small party of workers and headed out into the desert. When he left, he was in a high state of excitement. He had just returned from Cairo and only stopped long enough at our camp to argue with my father, or possibly gloat at his impending success. So, where did he go next? East, deeper into the desert. It's a harsh and unforgiving land out there, Mr. Sampson. Scorpions, snakes, bandits. No place for civilized men. We have no choice. Tex, keep heading east. Those are definitely footprints. And they are heading towards Father's dig site. Lots of men shuffling along. Like they were sleepwalking? Or walking dead husks. Well, we know we're on the right track. Only horror lies before us, Mr. Sampson. I fear none of us shall return alive. Only one way to find out. Well, the truck's at a gasoline. We're on foot from here on out. How much water do we have? Just these three canteens that were in the back of the truck. We have two rifles, maybe 20 rounds, two pistols, a couple dozen bullets for each of them. Oh, and Lucy's got a whip, in case we need to tame any tigers out here. Enough water for a day. Maybe two if we are careful. The desert does not forgive arrogance, Mr. Sampson. And I don't forgive evil. We walk. 
I'm sorry to have dragged you all into this. It's not what Father or I ever wanted. This accursed desert has a strange effect on men's minds. It calls to their obsessions, drives them to death, clawing at some half-remembered dream. Obsession and the lust for eternal life are what built the pyramids. But look at the pharaohs now. They're just dead today as they were back then. No, they live on. The Egyptians believed that a man would live on as long as he was remembered. Makes an odd kind of sense, don't it? If that's what it takes, then I intend to see that the powers behind this dark evil are both destroyed and then forgotten. This desert goes on forever. We've been walking all day and I ain't seen nothing but sand and rocks. At least we're headed in the right direction. We have to keep going before the wind covers the tracks entirely. Something over there. Something shining? Is it a mirage? Dust. It's a cloud of dust. Dear God! A sandstorm? Riders. Lots of men on horses. They're coming this way. Well, we ain't going down without a fight. You're darn tootin', little lady. Don't call me... Oh, forget it. There's sand dunes over that way. Head towards them. Maybe we can hide out in the sand. Lose them there. Those Bedouins are bandits and killers. Vultures will clean our bones. They sure seem to be in a hurry. Maybe it's a camel race? You know, the desert equivalent of the Kentucky Derby? Whatever it is, we need to take cover behind that dune and let them go past. If we have to drag you out of the sand where you burrow like mice, we will leave you pegged out on a salt pan for the vultures to feast on your eyes. I guess this means they saw us. You will come out, infidel, or you will die. Alright, alright. Hold your horses, dang it. Afternoon. I'm Jake Sampson. This is Texas Hold'em, Lucy Carter, and Gordon Malton. You... You bring the curse of the Undying Ones down upon us. Now, steady on there, old chap. The accursed ones, the ancient evil whose touch is death. You have unleashed him upon us. The cat is out of the bag, no denying that. But no one of us is responsible. We're just trying to do the right thing and send the evil back where it belongs. And how will you do that, infidel? The tears of Ra. That's what has returned to the light of day. We aim to see it destroyed. The legend of that terrible amulet has haunted my people for all time. So you have any ideas on how it can be destroyed? The chatter of your woman is as the whining of a jackal to our ears, infidel. What? (laughs) I think he's saying you should play the quiet and dutiful wife type, Lucy. (laughs) Really? I'll give him quiet and dutiful. Steady on, Lucy. This is their country, and we are somewhat outnumbered. My apologies for the woman. The heat has made her tongue loose. We would listen to any wisdom you care to share about the Tears of Ra. Before the time of the Stone Mountains, my people roamed the desert. They lived as they have always lived, in the glory of God and his protection. In the time before his prophet Muhammad, a star fell from the sky. A terrible essence was trapped within the star, and it reached out and touched men's hearts, bringing evil desire to them. 
The first was a simple shepherd. He gathered the star from the sand where it lay and carried it for nearly a moon back to his people. Without water, food, or rest, he walked day and night. The skin seared from his eyes and he wept tears of blood and yet felt no pain. The star was his life now. The star made him walk, though he was dead. His people cried out to God, but the evil was upon them, and they were slain, giving the shepherd strength. He was filled with the power of the star, and traveled across the land, taking lives and living forever. Some joined his evil cause, their hearts darkened by desire for power and eternal life free from the damnation of their sins. In time, the people of the river mud began to build their stone mountains. They worshipped the star, but feared its course. They believed their infidel gods were their kings, and they prepared them for eternal life, but would not allow the essence of the star to touch them. In time, reason returned to the sons of the kings, and they struck down the shepherd, now called Sek Amuntut, and sealed him in a tomb of stone with snakes to bring final death unto him. The star had been fashioned into an amulet, a golden lapis cage that was cut from Sek Amuntut's unfeeling flesh, and the priests sealed it forever in its own tomb. Those that witnessed the burial of the Tears of Ra took poison before they set to their task, so their life energy was already passing when the essence of the star touched them, and thus the Tears was lost to the darkness of passing ages. Until Professor Houghton somehow got a lead to the location of the buried Tears and dug it up, releasing its evil upon the world again. We pray for the mercy of Allah. So how did they strike this fella down? The legends say that a pharaoh's daughter gave herself in sacrifice to him. She danced for Sek Amuntut, and while he was mesmerized by her beauty, the high priest of Ra struck his dead flesh with enough force to tear the tears of Ra free. So if the crystal is torn from the dead flesh of Sek Amuntut, he loses his power. It certainly sounds that way. But we are a little short on pharaohic princesses. We are taking our people and heading into the south. There, we shall pray and wait for this darkness to pass. If Allah wills it, we shall know peace again. That's it? You're just gonna turn tail and run? My people have lived here for thousands of years. We know which battles we can fight and which we can hide from. Sounds like you've all gone yeller on me. Enough, Tex. Let them go. They didn't bring this evil back to the world. This isn't their fight. I wish you all well. May the Prophet guide your path, and Almighty God show mercy to your souls. How do you like that? Bunch of no good goat herders. Go and run. Tex, save your breath. The time for words has passed. You need to keep moving. I sure hope I see that guy again. Maybe when he's not backed up by a whole crowd of his buddies. Oh dear. I'll give him a taste of my whip and then we'll see who sounds like a whining jackal. We have 
been walking for hours. We should have followed the Bedouins. They were going the wrong way. Uh, shimmering on the horizon. Is it water? Uh, most likely a mirage. I see. Green. It's an oasis. <laughs> be careful, Gordon. It might be dangerous. Yes, we should get after him. Before he drinks all the water? <laughs> oh, that's refreshing. <laughs> Tex, keep your eyes open. I have a bad feeling. Sound of trouble. Jake, I've refilled the canteen. I sure hope we. Ah! Ah! It's a monster! It's big as horse! Strange magic can do strange things, Tex. Aim for the head! Get back, you big bug! Bullets are bouncing off that armor! Lucy, look out! Get a shot. Losing those huge benchers. She'll be crushed. You've been listening to Jake Sampson and the Tears of Ra, a Broken Sea Audio production, written by Paul Manor. Starring in tonight's episode were Mark Polita as Jake Sampson, Natasha Lathrop as Lucy Carter, Bill Holway as Texas Holdem, Tim Gillig as Gordon Malton, and Ellie Hirschman as the announcer. Music in tonight's episode was provided by Artie Shaw and his orchestra and Neon Egypt. All music remains the property of its respective owners and no copyright infringement was intended. This has been a Broken Sea Audio production. Broken Sea Audio.